0: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast, produced in association with the
1: Marketeers Network. Welcome to the latest PR Moment Podcast. Here's the latest of our bonus pod series where I chat to Andrew Block about PR pitches and merger and acquisition trends in the UK PR scene. As you probably know, Andrew is co-founder and non-executive director at Frank PR, and he's now head of PR at the new business consultancy firm AAR. He's also a partner at PCB Partners, where he advises on the buying and selling of marketing services agencies. Before we start, a reminder from me about the early entry deadline for the ESG Awards, which is coming up on Friday the 16th of September. And thanks so much as ever to our loyal, our very loyal PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Andrew, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Um, so there has been a raft of PR account wins, hasn't there? So um, go on, there. Do you want to do your a, a bit of a countdown of um, of who's hot and who's not?
0: Okay. So
1: where do we begin? There's been lots going on.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll pull out some stuff that caught my eye really. So a few nice. Briefs. Um, a duro won the brief for tourism Seychelles. Really great brief to attract visitors, promote their culture, their food, the natural environment. I think that's interesting. Perhaps a sign that tourism is back up and
1: running, keen to attract
0: visitors. I guess somewhere like Seychelles, big winter destination. So they want to make some noise now.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, we, all, we all want to go to the Seychelles, don't we?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I might or might not be talking to you from the Seychelles now. Um, <laughs> I'm not, by the way, but if a jury want to give me a free trip, I'm very open to that. Um, Academy won Zurich Zurich Insurance. Um, okay. Nice life insurance brief. Good one for them. Um, and then sticking with insurance, actually, Direct Line um, announced a shakeup of their roster, which they've had in place for the past few years. So um, Edelman, Smithfield are in... Um, on the product side of things, Talker Taylor retain their place on the roster, but they've now got new friends alongside them in Bold Space and Weber. Um, particularly interesting for Bold Space, I think they're really establishing their credentials in the consumer space. They're doing some excellent work at the moment. They also won Carwow, actually, a really nice sort consumer and corporate brief. I
1: think Bold well. Space won a couple of things last month as well, didn't they? So they're 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 showing some form.
0: Yeah they are they are they're a, they're a great agency on a great run at the moment. Um, and then other, so that's to look off direct line green flag Churchill um, hasn't affected Brunswick by the way who are still looking after their corporate side of things. So I think that's good. You know Direct Line very PR heavy culture do lots yeah. of great work. So it'd be interesting to see how this roster shake-up produces some new work
1: they've had Um, they've had quite a shake-up internally haven't they on the in-house side direct line so i guess that quite often uh, a shake-up of the roster quite often follows a few internal moves doesn't it
0: yeah it does it does and i think it's also without going into too much detail quite an interesting time for the insurance market in general so um plenty of work for everyone to do in that space um so now that's that's interesting so it's Zurich versus direct line and battle of PR. Um, and then um, Kindred have also, I mean, a couple of agents Kindred, Splendid both also on a great, great run. Kindred just won um, Adel and Cole a brief to promote their sustainable shopping. Splendid have just um, picked up some really nice work from wreck um, on Dettel, um, mainly social and content work. So they're both on a good run at the moment. Um Frank as well continuing a good run. They um, won a brief for 10 cent broccoli and also for herbal life nutrition. Um canoe, one new era caps. So hat tip to them. Um and then ketchum, actually, nice brief for Iceland, that's the supermarket, not the destination, which is a corporate sustainability and purpose.
1: Right. I don't know the numbers, but I suspect that's quite a big one.
0: I don't know the numbers either, but, yeah, I would think so. And I think, you know, we're seeing more and more briefs come through with purpose and sustainability at their core. Yeah. Um, and catch them obviously strong in that area, similar to agencies like Kindred yeah. as well. As, you know, I, to, like to, like talking of and big
1: Hopper. ones, uh, Tim Mann have, uh, have had a bit of a result, haven't they? They
0: have. They had the a whopper and that they got a call from Vodafone to be their retained agency. I think my understanding is they've done bits and pieces, little projects for them over the last few years, but they've now been appointed on a retained basis, which always a good sign. Um, And, you know, it it shows if you're working with someone on a project basis and then they retain that they're happy with what you do. So yeah, great one for them. Um, And then, yeah, that's kind of it really. Spider picked up a few different briefs, New Covent Garden Market, um, Bell Zoo, Smoking Brothers. I don't think any of them are massive wins, but always good to announce a hat trick of wins. Yeah. Um, wild Card one, Leithwaite, um, a content brief for them. So th- it's really not letting up. And actually I'm about to go on holiday. I can reveal I'm not in the Seychelles just yet. Um, and just before I'm about to go away, I've had half a dozen briefs land on my desk. So which is bittersweet because it means we'll probably have to do a bit of work whilst I'm away. But it's a great sign. And I think but that's only been up. being, a I fact. suppose,
1: in that, in the, you know, we're all looking over our shoulder a little bit, aren't we, at the cost of living crisis. And there's a lot about an imminent, well, an imminent recession in the UK and the media. Um, but at the moment, we're touching wood, but PR world seems pretty, pretty, pretty busy. There's lots of briefs about.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean... Typically, the PR industry is pretty resilient to recession. Often, it actually does very well during a recession or whenever there is some form of change and people need counsel and guidance and changes of messaging. So, I'm not overly concerned, to be honest. Um, I don't think we will know the full impact for quite a few months to come. And I also think we're going to, I'm not going to get political with you because it's not the time or the place, but we've got a rocky couple of years ahead, at least. This is not like a blip that's going to come and go. So, you yeah, know, as always, the best companies will adapt. They work with their clients to work through things. They'll be able to demonstrate that they can generate return on investment and they'll be fine. So um, whilst I'm not too happy about the rising inflation and the cost of my petrol, I don't think it's going to have a major impact on the PR industry.
1: We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, we shall see. So, uh, and then just on the, I mean, interesting, the that the, the a the Merchant Acquisition side of things, has that been similarly, um, similarly busy similarly um, this? Been really busy. Period. It
0: has, yeah, it's been really busy. I think in terms of like the major, major deals, and, you know, I'm talking about, sort of companies with enterprise values of, sort of 50, 100 million. There has been a slight impact because it's affected share price valuations and private equity are a little bit nervous and they're sort of holding back just to sort of see what the impact is going to be of what's going on in the world. And if you listen to, you know, the leaders of WPP, publicists and the like, they're all pretty cautious about, what we're going to see in key three, key four, and into next year. So yep. the top end of the market is by no means in trouble, but it's just sort of a little bit cautious whilst people wait- When you say the top homes. end of
1: the market, Andrew, are you talking from a emergent acquisitions perspective, or are you talking about, I suppose, guidance to the city and to their shareholders?
0: I'm talking about the size of the acquisition. So, you know, in terms of mid-market firms, independents that are making their own acquisitions, completely unaffected right um but this what i'm talking about at that very top end is the companies that are going for 50 million 100 million plus you know at that end there is some level of impact
1: yeah Um, in essence because um share price valuations have in the main suffered over the last six months because because of the economic uncertainty and therefore you might not get what you thought you're going to you, think exactly. is worth if you're selling exactly, exactly. I mean you're seeing that with the whole MNC
0: debacle at the moment and next 15 share price which has dropped which has made their offer sort of feel less attractive so that that's sort of going on at that level yeah. when you go to sort of the level down it's incredibly exciting um, and is so, that because
1: there's that there's some that there's some value there is there I suppose if you were going to sell your business you might take a you might take a slightly lower price than you might have done it a few months back is that is that fair or is that not no i don't think it's value
0: i think it's just a continuation of the trend and the appetite for companies to broaden their services and to and to grow non-organically and it just no one's been really impacted the companies that are doing well still have decent cash reserves um they're still able to get funding from banks and from vcs and private equity at that level so it's, it's just the, the the race to build the breadth and depth of services showed no sign of slowing down. So, yeah. so on, no give, one us,
1: give, give us your highlights on that on that M a side then. Okay, well, I'll
0: start with a personal highlight because it was a deal that I did. Um, so I am biased, but splendid um, acquired riot um, yeah. who are a great little agency, very big on diversity and inclusion, very, very strong in culture and entertainment. Um, Sorry, Andrew, was that that Wyatt, W-Y? No, that's Riot. Riot. Um, sorry, Riot. R-I-O-T. Um, So, yeah, only a small company, but a great acquisition for Splendid and a great deal for Riot. Um, So that's the second company that Splendid had bought in recent times. They also bought, if you remember, Kingdom Collective. I think it was sort of late part of last year. So they're starting to build this nice little independent group of of companies. So, which is a trend that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, Anero, former owners of Frank um, and current owners of Hotwar, are sort of ramping up on the acquisition side of things. If you saw their results that came out this week, they're doing extremely well at the moment, completely outperforming the market. But they made two acquisitions, actually not UK based one, was the us san francisco based b2b digital marketing agency um, called roi dna and then another one in asia which is more of a b2b tech marketing agency called get it so what they're going to be doing is really uh, I, I mean my guess is that they're building out hotwire and their capabilities in the b2b and tech space if you remember they also bought last year um, mcdonald's butler in the uk yeah. Um, but they've got more funding in, so they um, secured like fifty million. I think it was funding from West Westpac Bank, um, and did two decent deals. You know, one at around the sort of twenty-five million dollar mark plus shares plus etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and the other a bit smaller, about the five million dollar mark, also plus cash and shares. Um, I, so, think, I think yeah. they've had a
1: very good um, couple of years in the US, haven't they? Hotwire. So that's they have why they're, they're probably backing that up with a bit of investment out there. And yeah, I mean, any international firm is always looking to acquire in Asia as well. So that would make sense in, in addition, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it's great.
0: And it's, you know, Hotwire's now up to about 500 staff, 14 offices. It's, I think what these particular acquisitions do is enhanced capability with performance marketing. Um, but no, it's, it's great for Hotwire, great for Inera. And, Lovely to see them sort of onwards and upwards. I'm still very fond of them um, from my time spent working with them. So, um, and then another one that sort of caught my eye was Square in the Air um, and CTP, and that's a joint venture. So Square in the Air, are an amazing agency that specialize in the gaming space, sports betting space in the UK. What they've done is formed a joint venture to form a new company which is going to be called Chalk and Dog, with a Boston based agency called CTP, who are also extremely strong, great reputation in their space in the States. And I think, you know, for me, that is a sign of what is happening with agencies where clients want to consolidate a bit. They don't necessarily want different agencies in different territories. And when you need to build a footprint overseas, this is one way of doing it quickly. And when you've got like minded agencies, it just gives you that scale. And, you know, we've seen a couple of agencies recently going out into America and starting out. The Romans have done it. Um, Rise of Seven have done it. Um, I have prior experience of doing that from when I was at Frank. It is tough, it's a tough market. And often one of the biggest challenges is how do you get scale quickly. Um, so I think this will enable them to do that. It's obviously early days, but um, I thought that was a really smart. Smart move, actually, smart deal. Um, and then, Selby Anderson continued to to be acquisitive. Um, they bought an agency called AML Group. It's quite specialist. It's a financial services ad agency, but kind of quite integrated in that they do a lot of digital work, branding work. So that Selby Anderson, are the, you know, they bought Unity last year, two years ago. So they you know, they're just. Building and building, I sort of lost track of how many agencies they've got in their portfolio. But they're a good example of an independent group that is building a network of yeah quite varied agencies. Actually, I don't mean, think there's massive synergy when you look at the different acquisitions, but lots of different agencies. Um, and then the last one I was going to mention is PLMR, um, who are an integrated comms agency. They just acquired HealthComs Consulting. Um, right. So, number one, yeah, healthcare is a really vibrant area at the moment. And PS, if there's any healthcare care agencies that are looking to sell, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, but that aside, plug over. Um, for PLMR, that's their fifth acquisition in five years. So, they're now sort of just building out their services. They've added health care, public affairs. Um, you know, they're now up to nearly 7 million in revenue and, no, grew by I think it was fifteen, seventeen percent last year. So they're they're one to watch definitely. You know, it's a good example of an agency that is growing via acquisition and it obviously appears to be working for them for them based on their sort of growth in profits and the
1: fact I, that they do I suppose there's it. a as an independent, you you probably have to do a few acquisitions, don't you, before you get the hang of it? Is that, is that fair to say? You maybe start with a small one, and, and then if it goes well, you get a taste for it. Is that a trend you, you you see a bit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, even with
0: sort of relatively small acquisitions, generally people will use advisors to help them with the structuring of these kind of things. Um, and often it is the complexities of how you do the paperwork and due diligence and the financials and legals and that's I think where you need a bit of help actually you know great entrepreneurs know how to spot other great entrepreneurs and you know you look at someone like Warren Johnson from W one of the best business if not the best business person in PR at the moment he knows how to spot someone who's got the right work ethic the same type of entrepreneurial mindset that he's got I'm not sure if he uses it as an advisor or not. Like any great entrepreneur, he knows how to spot an opportunity, and sometimes that's someone in distress. Sometimes it's someone who's in the right location at the right time or the right service at the right time. But yeah, you can see also with what Adam Maxon's doing, it's splendid. You know, great entrepreneur, brilliant agency, bringing in like-minded companies, right sort of people. You know, and and I know from working with people like this, they're, they're often fairly open-minded so it's not even necessarily that they they've got a specific plan to buy a certain type of agency or skill set but when they see something that's complementary as in the case of riot and splendid they know that there is a great opportunity to make something work um and i think you know the best pr agencies are the ones that are well-run businesses you know there's plenty of agencies out there who do brilliant work but you go under the bonnet and it's a bit of a mess in terms of how they're structured, how profitable they are, how they're growing, you know, the best agencies do both. They, they do great work, but they also run as great businesses. And, and I do think we're, you know, by nature, we're great entrepreneurs. But it's more than anything at the moment, I think you need scale to succeed. And organic growth is hard if you haven't got scale or the depth of services. So when you've got a good client that's got good budgets and likes you, and it's open to doing other things, you have to be able to deliver those other things, both in order to generate organic growth, but also as a protectionist measure, because you don't want, you know, the agency next door who's doing another bit of the work stealing your lunch, so it is a bit of both, some of it is growth, some of it is protection, but it's it's not slowing down, um, and there might be, in, from my experience of having been doing this, I've, I've never seen anything like it, I mean it's just actually very hard to keep up mainly from people that want to buy but also from people that are looking to sell because it's all about timing in this game and as I've always said you know you want to sell at the moment that is right for the buyer not necessarily at the moment that's right for you you need to have the growth you need to have the potential to grow over the next few years you need to have confidence that the time's right because you don't want to miss, miss out and there's no point Sort of phoning me and saying we're ready to sell when sort of ready to dip, and everyone's already bought. You know, you've got a bit of timing is everything. but it's busier than it's ever ever been. Andrew, in
1: uh, all interesting stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network.
1: If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.